chewing these wise words. The Lunch Bite on SAFM. Now, Michelle Adams says our bodies and each system within should be treated as a whole, not as collections of its parts. Holistic health addresses the mind, body, and spirit. It searches for the underlying cause of symptoms rather than simply covering them up with medications and allows you to be health. Have you fallen madly in love with someone you never expected? Are you living happily ever after against all odds? If so, we want to hear from you. SAVC1 is looking to showcase South African love stories that are strange but true. Obstacles such as age, sickness, past trauma, cultural and or religious divides can all create challenges. But if the love is strong, then it will stand the test of time. Send us an email on lovestories at savc1.co.za and tell us why you think your story should be seen on TV. Join us throughout the month of October as we put the spotlight on South Africa's premier travel and tourism awards, honoring the best of the best in the South African tourism industry. The Lily Della Tourism Awards, which were launched in 2013, recognize and celebrate those who have worked passionately to put South Africa on the global tourism stage. Join us as we'll be talking to provincial winners as we build towards the national event on the 22nd of October, where the best of the best in the tourism industry will be honoured. The Lily Zeller Tourism Awards. 107.1, the home of SAFM in Seapoint. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now, my guest is a registered therapeutic reflexologist, and she's a certified member of the South African Reflexology Society, the IARAMT Alumni Association, the Allied Health Professions Council of South Africa and furthers her knowledge by regularly attending reflexology conferences and workshops. So welcome, Natalie Home. Hello. Welcome to Otherwise. Hi, Shadow. Thanks for having me. I thank you for your time because you must be a very busy reflexologist. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said all that I said about you because the, the biggest question is how do you know a reflexologist is qualified? Okay, so... Basically, a reflexologist should be a therapeutic reflexologist, and they should have an allied health number, and they should also have a practice number. Mm-hmm. And um, that you would normally find if you would be searching for a reflexologist, for instance, on the South African Reflexology Society's website, mm-hmm. because all of those people would be listed on a website like that, or alternatively on the Reflexology Alumni website, which, once again, would only have people like that listed on, on it. Should you have your qualifications hanging on your wall? Yes, absolutely. It's one of the things that you have to do if you are registered with NR Health. Okay. So what are we talking about as far as the therapeutic reflexologist work? Isn't that an easier word than reflexologist? (laughs) 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 Okay. So tell us about your work and what it does. Okay. So basically, perhaps I should just briefly explain how reflexology works. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so our bodies have acupuncture points um, all over our body, and these points or dots are joined by a network of energy lines, which are referred to as meridians. Mm-hmm. And meridians are really just passageways that carry our vital force, or chi, which flows through our body, sort of similar to the way the current of a river would flow. Chi, um, chi as an energy? As an energy, that's it, yes. Okay. So when we would be exposing our bodies to toxins, um, in the form of the food we eat, fluids we drink, our emotions, the lack of rest, or even the air we breathe, 
these meridians become blocked or stagnant, mm-hmm. and this is what causes us to experience ill health or disease. Mm-hmm. And so during a reflexology treatment, the therapist would apply pressure to these meridians mm-hmm. that end in the feet, as well as to the points on the feet, and this increases circulation and causes the blockages to basically break apart and become eliminated from our bodies. And in doing this, um, balance is restored and the body is able to heal itself. Body is able to heal itself because there's an, a natural flow of That's blood correct. from from top to bottom. That's right. Yes. So when does one come to see you? When I have a headache, or when I have sprained ankles, or when do I come and see you? Or do you do you suggest that one visits a reflexologist on a regular basis to make sure that there always are uh, no blockages? Okay. So basically. Everyone should be going to a reflexologist. It's like going to gym. You want to keep your body in ultimate health. Mm -hmm. So you'd want to obviously keep your body free of toxins as as best as possible. Um, Even if you're eating good organic raw food, you still need to go to a reflexologist because all of our other food stuff is genetically modified or contains all sorts of preservatives and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we experience stress on a daily basis. So we would need to detox and relax. Because the biggest thing with reflexology is it helps you to relax. Um, and so by doing that, you're able to just keep your health optimal. And also, people that have got long, uh, you know, well-established disorders, they would obviously take a little bit longer to treat. And they would have to come for more sessions more frequently. And once that's done, then it's good to maintain your health by first coming fortnightly and then eventually on a monthly basis, which is what most of us should be doing. I, I thought that our bodies are, are, are built in such a way that they can do uh, that work of, of, of detoxing itself or getting rid of toxins all by itself. Do we really need a reflexologist to do that? Well, yes, your body can to some degree get rid of toxins. But, for instance, the liver absorbs everything that we eat, everything that we drink, all the medication we have, all the stress, all of our emotions. Mm. So people that perhaps cannot sleep or wake up in early hours of the morning, that's when the liver is waking us because we are so toxic. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's good to detox and not only go for reflexology, but, you know, if you go to a proper qualified therapeutic reflexologist, they're also going to give you lifestyle suggestions. Mm, mm. It's and all about be, lifestyle. That's it. So it would be in the form of healthy nutrition, a good exercise regime, um, trying to avoid stress as much as possible, perhaps going for yoga or Pilates or meditation, something mm. that can help you to cope better with your life. And once you've got your nutrition in a good way, in other words, you're eating 70% of your diet consists of vegetables and you're drinking alkaline fluids, so you're not having coffee or coke or tea, normal tea, you're having herbal teas, perhaps you're adding lemon to your water, you know, things that are more alkaline, You'll start finding that because your body is now able to cope better, you're able to cope better with external stress. Mm. Can we identify stress for a bit? Because how do you know it is stress? Because, um, uh, you know, everyone will, will complain about how stressed they are, but they probably meaning, I, I, you know, my body's sore, my, my shoulders are, are down. How do you identify that, that you're dealing with actual stress? Is it the cause of it? How do we describe stress? Okay. So, again, we've got toxins in our body, mm. and all of those toxins are now sitting on those little meridians. So ah. someone comes to you perhaps with 
congestion on the bladder meridian, which is the meridian that runs on the back of the body. So it starts at the top of the eye and it goes over the head, causing a headache. It can then go down the back on the other side of the spine, causing back problems, mm-hmm. back tension, through the back, right down to the back of the um, legs, into the calf muscles, can cause calf cramps, swollen ankles, burning sensation under the feet, um, and also blood pressure problems, either high or low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So now you're thinking, I'm so stressed. I've got a headache. I've got back problems. But the stress is actually from congestion, mm-hmm. from toxic congestion. So that is why we then need to get rid of it by having a healthier lifestyle, going for reflexology treatment. So Natalie, tell me, therapeutic reflexology, can it happen on one part of the body only, or does it have to be a full-body treatment? Okay, so um, you can go to reflexologists that can just do the feet, mm-hmm. which is a perfectly good reflexology treatment. Mm-hmm. Other reflexologists make use of a vacuflex treatment, which is a boot system. So the boots would go on the feet. And um, the pressure is uh, in the air sucked out of the boot, applying a very intense pressure on the feet, which is good, again, for sprained ankles and swollen ankles. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, it would be followed by a cupping treatment, which are silicon cups up to the elbows and up to the knees on acupuncture points. So it's almost like giving an acupuncture treatment without using needles. And then that could be followed with either a meridian treatment on the feet or well, it's a full, refle- uh, a full manual reflexology treatment on the feet. And normally a treatment is ended with a, a relaxing foot massage. Some therapists also do hand reflexology, so they mm-hmm. would work on the hands of the client. Mm-hmm. And then also there's um, auricular therapy, which is reflexology, the same similar principles, all your reflexes are on the ears. So that's quite good for, for pain management. Mm-hmm. You would put, for instance, a magnet, a magnet an auricular magnet on point which refers to a painful area in the body and that would help to relieve that. So there are various forms of reflexology but they all work on the same way. Really. Principle. And Natalie, what do you recommend? The, the whole body, a full body, just go in and get the whole thing done, right? Yeah, well, look, when you do reflexology, you are treating the whole body regardless. So if someone comes to you and says, I'm suffering from this or that, you would be treating the whole body regardless. Ah. In the process, you would be helping to relieve those symptoms that they've come for. And obviously, with all the lifestyle change, it will help to fix the whole body. I see. Now, is there a, a suggested uh, cost for treatment or a session, or does does it depend on, on, on what you're going to do or depend on the, the therapist? Yes, it does depend on the therapist, but normally it works on time. So they normally charge, since the first treatment would be 90 minutes, follow-up treatments can be anything from a 30-minute treatment to an hour treatment. Mm-hmm. That does depend. And um, what I normally do is people would email me or phone me, and then I would just then give them the prices that I would charge. And I'm sure each reflexologist has their own prices. Okay, but you, you, it's negotiated, it's negotiable uh, depending on what you, you need done. That's correct, yes. Wonderful. Natalie, where are you based? Well, I'm in Little Falls in Whittaport on the West Rand. Ah, okay. So we must give people your website address because I'm sure a lot of people would like to get hold of you for further information or further questioning and to find out really if you are the right person for them to, to visit. So yeah. please give us your website. Okay, well, Shadow, um, I'm not allowed to actually give out my contact details according to Allied Health. Oh, really? So um, what they need to do is obviously Google <laughs> works for everyone. Um, but alternatively, if they visit the South African Reflexology Society's website, which is 
www.sareflexology.org.za, they would be able to find all the listed reflexologists and they are in your area. So you would be able to find someone that is registered and close to where you are. I'm just curious as to why you're not allowed to give your details. Well, it's just one of the, the regulations that allowed health sector. Oh, you're not allowed to advertise yourself. That's correct, yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time, and thank you for just giving us uh, insight into reflexology. Great. Thanks, Heather. Thank you, you. You take care. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Natalie Holm is a registered therapeutic reflexologist, and uh, if you want to know more, visit the website of the South African Reflexology Society. When we come back, we talk about something she mentioned, which is acupuncture, and it sounds like they work well together. We'll find out from Dr. Mina Kasim. SAFM Current Affairs continue to look at the issues. We look at developing stories, and stories not in the mainstream. By giving you an evening update on Weekend PM Live, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 9 p.m. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, putting the ladies in the limelight. Putting the ladies in the limelight. Dr. Mina Kasim, welcome to Otherwise and thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Shadow. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very excited to be talking to you because I want to learn more about acupuncture. Where does it originate from? Actually, it originated in China. We mm. give them the credit for it. It started off as the barefoot doctors going, you know, house to house in the olden days with the bones. Mm-hmm. And then it started becoming more popular and that's how the acupuncture needle all came about. How did but very effective, yes. How did you get into it? Oh, God, I was very interested in alternative therapy, you know, because you go to the normal doctors, I mean, you don't find the remedy. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you go on searching, and then I worked part-time for this doctor in Durban who was doing acupuncture. And then I was very fascinated, you know, so I wanted to learn, and then I went to India. And that's when I enrolled myself in this acupuncture hospital, and that's where I gained quite a bit of knowledge from. And I'm practicing in KZ and Natal at the moment. Okay, um, you you said it originated in China, but you also found it in India. It means, it does it exist worldwide, but just called different things? Oh, yes, it does exist worldwide, except in South Africa. I mean, but now people are becoming aware of it, you know. But overseas, like in the UK, China, India, it's very well practiced, and people go for it because they know the effect of it, you know, without any side effects and all that, and it actually heals a problem. It's not like a temporary, like a relief, you know. If you take the treatment properly, you go to a well-qualified acupuncture therapist and they'll be able to help you quite well. Now, I, I, <laughs> uh, let's talk about um, how it works because I'm, I'm very scared of needles. And the minute I heard about needles, I've never wanted to go and see uh, or, or let anyone touch me with, with them. So... What what do we what should we expect? How what, how does acupuncture work? And I know my previous guest spoke about uh, the meridian um, therapy, which also uses reflexology, but also can be you can be part of uh, what you you use those needles for for acupuncture. Yes, it works on the same principles actually, but we use the needles because it works faster and much quicker. No? 
So what we do, once we insert the needles in certain points, first we have to do like a proper diagnosis of the patient. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, say two people may come with a headache, but the cause could be different. So we take a detailed diagnosis, and then we choose points accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, use the acupuncture on those points. Now, those points actually, like once we insert the needles, it sends out uh, energy to the organ that's involved, and it starts stimulating that organ to function properly. That's the most simplest way to explain it, but it starts stimulating the organ so the organ starts performing its, its function better instead of taking a tablet or medication to suppress the headache. You know? So first, the symptoms tend to get worse because it works from inside out, and then it starts healing the problem. Is that at one sitting that you can heal the problem? No, actually it all depends on how bad the patient is. Well, we actually do about 10 treatments make the course of acupuncture. First, we, like, we may do it alternate days or three times a week. First, the treatment, first the person tends to get aggravated because, as I said, the, the problem is working itself out of the body. Mm-hmm. And by the first to sixth treatment, you can start feeling much better. But some, like, people will, uh, I mean, like, respond quite fast within the first two or first sitting they respond. You know, it just depends on the body, the eating habit, and all the lifestyle. All that comes into play also, you know? So that's why history is very important for a person, how they've been leading the life, the eating habits, the exercising, all that. Now, I worry about the needles again. I go yes. back to the needles. I want to know how clean they are. I need to know if they've been used before. I need to know, you know, all of that. But also yes. if they leave scars on one. No, there's no scars. Well, actually, when a person comes for each person, we use a separate set of needles. And we use, like, disposable needles. So after each use, we dispose of it. Okay. And it's not painful because, I mean, even I am scared of needles, actually. But when the person comes, I explain to them. I put them at ease. I say, try it. If you don't try it, you wouldn't know. And then, like, most of them actually complete the whole course of treatment. And they say, no, it wasn't bad at all. You know, and then you feel relaxed. Some of them actually start snoring on the bed. You won't believe the shadow. <laughs> the most stressed patients, actually some of them get addicted to acupuncture. And it all depends how you treat them, how you bring it forward to them, you know. Because at the end of the day, they trust you. They want to trust you. They want to know they're safe and all that. So that's very important. It's a mental state of a person. So there are no, yes. no other ointments or anything like that. It's just purely this needle that's going to be put at a particular point, that should then work. How long do you keep it there for? Okay, we're keeping it for about 20 minutes to half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's a maximum because what happens when you overeat food? I mean, the body can't take it. So there's about 20 minutes to half an hour that is, I mean, sufficient to stimulate the body to function properly. You can't overstimulate the body because then it could uh, have adverse effects also. Mm-hmm. And there's no scars whatsoever if you practice acupuncture properly. I mean, after treatment, you may find a point, sorry, you may just find a drop or two of blood is coming out Mm. because that's due to a point being blocked. There's blockage in that meridian. So it tends to open up and then you get the the pure circulation of blood in those areas. But there's no side effects whatsoever if you practice acupuncture properly. Actually, it's very beneficial. And I've been practicing for the last 17 to 18 years and I've got very good results with my patients. Dr. Kasim, I want to know how I should trust you as somebody who knows what you're doing and knows uh, if you understand the meridian at all uh, before I walk in. How do I identify a qualified acupuncturist? 
Okay, firstly, I mean, you get people, you get this, I'm sorry to say, but you get a lot of these backdoor people. But when you come into an acupuncturist office or a surgery or his rooms, you must make sure you have a certificate that has been given to you by the Allied Health Society of South Africa. Mm -hmm. Because when we practice acupuncture overseas, we had to sit for an exam here in South Africa. Again, it was set for us. Mm -hmm. So we went through the proper procedure again, and then we were issued these certificates in spite of uh, practicing for so many years. But that tells we are legal. So you have to see, make sure you can ask questions also. You're most welcome to ask questions. A patient has the right to ask. Mm-hmm. He can view your certificate also to make sure, because end of the day, it's the patient that's important, not us. You know, we can say so many things, but the patient has to feel secure. Okay, I'm in good hands. I'm in safe hands, you know. So mm. you can show your certificate. You've been registered to the Allied Health Society. You have a practice number. You have a registration number. All those things, they don't come into play. Are there any ailments that acupuncture cannot treat or deal with and who should stay away? I'm thinking here maybe a pregnant mother or somebody who has another debilitating disease. Who should stay away from acupuncture? Okay, first of all, the hemophiliacs, you know, they bleed very fast. We would first ask them because sometimes we may tend to puncture and they may bleed profusely. So we always, and the patient has to tell the doctor that he's a hemophiliac, you know, Mm -hmm. the person that bleeds a lot. Mm -hmm. And very weak people, like, you know, who's out of strength, energy, very old people. So we can apply acupressure for them. Mm -hmm. And then heart patients also, we have to, I mean, we can't do it for heart patients, but then we use a stimulator, which we don't use on those people. And we can do it for pregnant women, but on the first three, the first trimester, we tend to keep away, we don't practice acupuncture, because it can help in aborting the baby. Wow. But yes, but then thereafter we can use acupuncture, but we avoid certain points on the body. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very careful, and you have to have years of experience, and you have to have knowledge of acupuncture. Just you can't go and learn acupuncture in university and start practicing. You know, it takes years of uh, uh, experience and study. It's a very intense course, actually. So and we practice have... it with Chinese medicine. So, Dr. Kasim, uh, do you recommend that one talks to their general uh, GP, you know, before they come to you, or do you can you have a conversation with the GP if you're treating the same patient? Yeah, actually, the GP won't have much knowledge of acupuncture because he's studying allopathy. Because that's what, from my experience, I find out. And they say most of the patients, no, this will happen to you, that will happen to you. So if a patient goes by word of mouth, that's how our practice is going out, words of mouth. Because South Africa is still very backward in promoting acupuncture, actually. And which is very sad. Because in the Western countries, in India, Eastern countries, it's very widely practiced. And then you can choose a GP. I mean, you always uh, you have to ask, you have the right to ask. Mm. How many years of experience? You know, mm. you can ask for referrals if you want to, if the patient doesn't mind. But like most of the time, it goes by word of mouth. Because like here, the GPs don't actually promote acupuncture because, I mean, you can't blame them at one day because they don't have the knowledge. Mm. Every science has its limitation, even acupuncture. Like for operations, we can't do it. An appendix operation. So we have to refer them to the hospital or things like that, you know. Okay. But the point okay. is, if you've got a spinal problem for one, the last thing you should look for, always tell a patient, is go for an op. Because then thereafter, there's no reversing of it. And acupuncture does re- reverse spinal problems. Dr. Kassam, thank you so much for your time. And I suppose people can find you, uh, you know, on, on a registration of allied health professions. Yes, and they can go to acupuncture.com. They will find us there, you know. Lovely, lovely. Thank you so much for your time, and you take care.
You're most welcome. It was a pleasure, Shadow. You have a nice day. You too. Thank you. That's Dr. Kasim. Bye-bye. It is now time for news headlines with Sir Otilia Sarko. Thanks, Shadow. Good afternoon. The case that the DA has brought to request that the permanent appointment of Claudia Mutsuening as SABC Chief Operations Officer be set aside is underway in the High Court in Cape Town. The head of the Houteng Sport, Arts, Culture and Recreation Department has been placed on precautionary suspension following allegations of misconduct. And the B2 municipality in Plattenberg Bay in the Southern Cape has fired four employees who were found guilty of taking part in a multi-million rand electricity scam. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Now, Helen Randall Smith is an intuitive energy healer and Reiki master. She joins me now on the phone. Hello, Helen. Hi, Shadow. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I call you the magic master as opposed to the Reiki master. <laughs> <laughs> because that's more or less how Reiki works. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, look, it's a universal energy. And that, it's a key, it's the energy that actually works, yes. How, how does it work? Tell me, please. Well, okay, it, it comes from the Japanese with Reiki, which is universal energy. And what it is, is that it, is, it has an intelligence of its own. So to, become, to, to, to practice Reiki, you need to obviously study it and become attuned to the Reiki principle, become attuned to Reiki, and then, then you start to channel the... the universal energy, and this energy has an absolute um, intelligence of its own. For example, somebody comes to me and they've got a sore knee, mm. but they do not know they have a congenital heart defect, maybe. Wow. They might leave me saying, but this hasn't worked, my knee is still sore, not realizing the rake is actually worked from the heart. Wow. So what do you do to channel this energy? It's not doing much. It, what it is is when you, you start, you see, the Reiki master for me is a very big misnomer because once you're a master, that's when you start to learn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're just beginning to understand. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, and, and when the minute you stop learning is the minute that you shut down everything. So if you're constantly learning, you, you're constantly growing. Um, you start Reiki one, level one, two, and three. You go to a, obviously a Reiki master who teaches Reiki mm-hmm. or the Usui method. And then when you're ready, they will attune you into those levels. And then the, and every level you get different symbols, sacred symbols and stuff that you use. And then the final master's one is obviously that you can attune others if you so wish to. And would you say Reiki is the, is, is like the, the, the bigger of all other therapies that exist? It, it, it can integrate all of them? Yes. Reiki, Reiki can be used everywhere, anywhere, at any time. For physical, emotional, yes. psychological? Yes. So, you know, it's not going to fit. You, if you're having chemotherapy, doesn't mean you can't have Reiki. Ah. If you have, if you are, under, you know, um, you, you've got a, you, you've, you've broken your leg, say, well, obviously you've got to go and have it sorted, but then the Reiki will help to increase the, um, the, the healing. healing. Make it go faster. So w- w- when d- it, it, it looks like and it sounds like everybody at some point of their ill health may benefit from Reiki. Absolutely. You know, can I be honest, Shada, I think everybody should actually study Reiki and become, because you can then apply Reiki to yourself, yes. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. How long does it take me to study? It doesn't take long. It depends on where you go and who you do it with. Um, and, and, and the interest you have in it yourself. Do you some, have to have some special powers? Some will make you study for so many months before you do level one. Others will do it in a week. 
it all depends on you and how you apply it. So tell me, I think it's the language that becomes difficult. You know, you talk about uh, chakras, you talk about auras, you talk, you know, it, it all seems so kind of out there. Okay. Now, that's very interesting because the scientists have now discussed, know all about the auras. Um, they call it the electromagnetic field. Ah. Okay. Ah. We've known about it for many years. We call it the aura. And, and, and anybody clairvoyant enough will see that it, or they've managed to pick up. There might even be more, but there's seven subtle bodies. So, but, so what, what was great, when you're working, it might work through the subtle bodies into the physical. It all depends. As I said, it's such an intelligent, uh, it's an intelligence of its own. Mm. So it's not like, ah, oh, you come to me and I'm going to heal you and I'm going to direct the energy here. Uh-uh. You, you know, just go and you apply and put the hands on or slightly off depending on how you, you, you choose to work with it. And then you allow or you just allow to be there to let the frequency flow. Do you know, you're not the first person who says we all have it in ourselves to, to be healers. Yeah, absolutely. Do. But it's about evoking that uh, yes. that energy. Yes. But you you know also you can't identify that energy much. Yes. Um, I suppose practice then does that. Yeah, well, this is about Reiki. Reiki is you can get attuned, then it's always with you. It, 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 it never leaves you, and it'll it'll switch on when it's needed. But when you work with it, and it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So the more you work, like with anything else, like any muscle or whatever, that the more you work it, the stronger it becomes. And my, my point is, though, understanding when you've got the right energy, how do you know that? Is it because of the practice that you talk about, or does it, does it feel, you can feel different? You, okay, I hear what you're saying. Uh, a lot of people, like with me, um, I can see the change in my hands. I can feel it. My mm. hands tingle. Mm. Uh, People will say to me, there's incredible heat coming from your hands. And then, of course, everyone else feels it differently. Um, and also, I will tell you the one way to do this practice on your plants, practice on your animals. They love it. Oh, plants flourish. <laughs> yeah. I had a tree in my garden that my husband said, oh, it's, there were three palm trees. The one was so stunted and so sick. And he said, we had to pull that out. And I thought, oh, no. And I went and I just did Reiki every day for a little while. And that's one of the tallest, strongest trees in my garden. Helen, are you psychic? I don't like that word. Well, this <laughs> am is I it, intuitive? Yes. Are you? Yes, I am. You said, are you? Are you what? Intuitive. Intuitive. You see, psychic always has those connotations. In other words, you know, um, it's, Hollywood has put a lot of connotations on the word psychic. Mm, mm. So you're intuitive, and, and you I prefer need, the word intuitive. You are in touch with. You're connected to. You, you have a stronger connection to the universe. Yes. Well, yeah. Right. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Listen, yes. darling, it's it's been great talking to you. How do people find you? Is there a register for Reiki practitioners? Um, no, I have not with a, any register at all. Not really. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can get on my website. Do you have my website there? Please give it to me. It's Helen. Yes. At Helen Randall-Smith.co.za. Okay, Helen Randall. Where are you? I'm in um, the north of Joburg. I'm Yetzke Park, 
Do you know, there's, so, it four ways. there's so many of you out there. I thought it was just the Western Cape, but it seems like it, it, Gauteng is also very big on alternative. I think, I think Shadow, I think South Africa is very big on alternative. Oh, fantastic. And yeah. I, I think we need to go there. Absolutely. Well, Helen, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I Sarah. hope you tuned in to me. <laughs> your good energies. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. Okay, then. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, my goodness, that website, helenrandall-smith.co.za. Makosi Amanda Tabashe, a practicing traditional uh, health practitioner, Enisangomo uh, Eninyanga. She's going to give us an African perspective on all of this after, after this. Week. Hi, Noiso Gola here. I, I don't know if you guys uh, noticed, when there's lighting outside, people are quick to switch off their appliances. Unplugged from the wall, everything. It's like my grandmother, too. When there's lightning, ah, 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 switches off, unplugs, zips everything. Because she believes that the goggles from Limpopo are having a dispute and are using very vigorous methods to get to a resolution. So she does not want to get involved. She doesn't want her microwave to be damaged because Limpopo people are having a fight. Now what? confuses me is that Eskom is constantly telling us, guys, switch off, switch off, switch off, switch off. But my grandmother won't even flinch. She doesn't listen to the Eskom messages. But there, there be lightning outside. Everything is off. <laughs> I don't need lightning to be striking my house for me to switch off. I mean, I just switch off. I switch off whatever I don't use. And you people from Limpopo, please stop fighting. Please, please. It's affecting everyone. Please, guys. Sometimes we forget exactly how many appliances and devices are actually in our homes. So imagine how many there are in the over 15 million households in South Africa. Now consider if every one of those households simply unplugged unnecessary appliances or switched the light off when they left the room, especially between 5 and 9 p.m., probably there would be more than enough power to go around. Makes you think, doesn't it? Hashtag 49M. Shadow Twala on SAFM. Gogo, how are you? I'm fine, thanks yourself, Shadow. I'm good, I'm good. Um, and thank you for joining me, and, and, and thank you for your time once more. I was wondering, you know, what we did uh, before acupuncture, reflexology, uh, Reiki, and all of these alternative medicines, what did we do before we imported them to uh, our continent? Uh, I love your topic as well because it expands on the healing modalities that we have. Mm. One of the things that we do is called um, in Isizulu Ugujoba, which is basically African acupuncture. Um, what we would do is uh, the, the, con- the conservation people who have to forgive me because we used wild animals, mm-hmm. is we would use the quill of a porcupine because yes. it's very sharp. Yes. And it's not making an incision like Ukdaba, which draws blood or mm-hmm. bloodletting, mm-hmm. but it would be uh, the same kind of, um, it's, it's a very sharp pain, not really pain, but it, it, it goes down your body if you've got parts that are painful. And that's what they would do is that they would uh, basically, uh, almost small pricks, but not with the prick that would draw blood, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. on the on the skin and in those areas that are are painful. Yeah, it just gives the sensation that yes, mm-hmm. and it would also then releases the energy or the, underneath which would be stuck or make movement within those muscles or that uh, you know that area that would be painful. Ugujoba. Ugujoba. Choba. Yes. Uh huh. And you say it's, it's, it's predominantly used in KZN. Do you know if it's used in any other parts of uh, the country? 
It is. Um, just because I know the Zulu word for it, I don't know it in any other language. But that's what they would that they would do, and it is used in all all other parts of the country as well. Okay, so so I I take it then that we 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 do have a our own acupuncture practice that yes. has been used over the years. Yes. Now let's talk about the the Reiki because you know Reiki we just spoke about and. Because they put their hands over you yes. and use energies. Do we, do we have that type of uh, therapy? For, for us, um, that, that energy healing is, is not... Um, it, it, we do have that, in that you do get certain people whose particular gift is that their hands are healing. Um, so you'll find, for instance, with them, if they um, would... So for us, it wouldn't be along the same lines as the Reiki, mm-hmm. but we would also be able to do energy healing mm-hmm. and putting our hands directly on the person. Mm. The other thing would be is that if the person comes, if there's a particular, let's say your back is sore, or mm. then you would come and that person will be able to pick up exactly where the pain is from their own body. Mm. And in that way are able to then do whatever manipulation may be necessary with you in that particular space, whether it's a physical one with their hands or using the hands on the medicine before you use it as well. Mm. So it's in, in, in those two different areas that it could be directly on your body or it could be on the actual remedy that is being prepared, that there are certain rituals that could be performed using the hands prior to that being used on you. Now, Gogo, you mentioned something else, Ukaba. What is that? I mean, the, we see a lot of people who have these Abolevin. I used to call them 11s <laughs> because it's just two, two, two slits on the skin mm-hmm. that were done a lot. Children, newborns, Bayakajwa. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell us what it is, in fact, if, if somebody doesn't understand what Ultaba is, but, and, and why is it done? So there are two, there are two different types of Ukaba. There's Ukaba, which will be according to that particular family clan, in that all the children in that family have that Utibaya Kach, or usually on the face, and it will be done by an aunt, uh, an aunt as in, as in your father's Sisters mm. would be the ones who are supposed to do that mm-hmm. on a sunny day uh, with its own little uh, uh, nuances that go with that. Mm. That is that family clan's ingabazakon. And if not done, it does actually cause certain problems. That you'll hear that a child has got particular, there are particular things that the old people know to look for to see that this person requires that particular uh, uh, ritual of the family of having to uh, on the face. Mm. Now, well, what's happened is that people are different. I mean, you'll find someone who makes very deep, long scars and, and others make very small ones, as we say, to just have to have done that the ritual is done in that particular way. That will be the difference. The other time would be if as part of a, a healing ritual, you need to, either for protection, that we need to be putting some kind of medication into you, or in other place, times, because there's blood that's not moving. Uh, like people with, with, with um, you'll see someone, you can see that they get discolored because uh, you, you can usually see that it's almost as if the blood is, um, is, is just stuck. It's not moving. So we would do small incisions in order to, it's called bloodletting, 
That's yeah. what other cultures call it. Mm-hmm. So we would be doing it to make that blood come out. And usually very small because we just want to this blood that's stuck for whatever reason to come out. And usually it would be like a very dark um, blood that you can see it hasn't been moving. And once that comes off, then the healing will take place. So sometimes people even who have um, like, you know, the, 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 the very big varicose veins, mm. you would go and you that's what they call them. Um, for us, we would make incisions to let it be because it gets very, very painful mm-hmm. if there's stationary blood in a spot just under your skin. So, Okaba is actually branding in a way. You, you know, you, you're branding your a family member to show that they belong to a clan. Um, <laughs> simply, I, I'm simplifying it because we, we, I don't know if there's. I'm trying to paint a picture for whoever's listening and doesn't understand what Okaba is. It, it does become a, an identifier of sorts within mm. a particular family, but it's not just cosmetic. Okay, okay. Because sometimes you hear people say these are ritual scars which are cosmetic. For whatever reason, I mean, I may not be able to go into the cosmology of why that particular family, mm. but it has a significance to them such that in some generations you find that when it's not done, the children do display some kind of adverse effect, which on doing the ritual, it passes. Now, people always worry about, oh, are these things painful? It looks like it's painful. It's actually not when it's done properly mm-hmm. under the right conditions and because and if the person who's doing it knows exactly what it is that they are doing. Um, uh, yeah. Now, the equipment used for Ultraba, mm-hmm. razors usually yeah. are used, um, and, and that's been a, a contentious issue over the years. Um, as to how safe they are. What, what, um. Razors. Yes. What healers will advise is that if you are coming to do any kind of procedure which, in, which requires a razor, you come with your own new razor. And because we all understand the risks that are at play in, the, in, in these days. Mm-hmm. So, for, even for hygiene purposes, you don't reuse. You come with your own that you will that um, clean razor that will be used. Ugukaba for 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 family purposes is not done by an inyanga. Mm. It is done in the family by family members. That's a family thing ritual. Whereas here, if let's say you've got um, you need to you're going for your protection or we're trying to do some bloodletting because there are places where you need to we have need to help the blood to move. Make sure that when people when you are going to uh, that person, you are carrying your own brand new um, razor. But you don't know whether you're going to need to let the blood out. Are you sure? No, there's no way you're not going to know. I mean, it's not a surprise. Uh, um, intervention. It's not ah. an emergency. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> it's yes. somebody who understands so, why they're going there. Yes, yes. No, you would understand exactly that this is what needs to be done and this is, is, is when you would be able to do it. So it, it, it's not, uh, it's really not an emergency procedure. Where are you based, Makosi? Uh, I'm in uh, North Riding. In, in, in Gauteng. In Gauteng, yes. I must come and pay you a visit and see you, <laughs> and see you at work. It sounds You're very, more, very interesting. You're more than welcome. Thank you, darling, for your time again. Hey? Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye.
Okay, that's Makosi Amanda Tabashi. We just needed to round it up. You know, we're talking about Reiki, which is mostly some of these uh, therapies. Uh, they seem to uh, originate in the East, but again, they've been adopted by different traditions around the world. And we wanted to find out what did we have before they came. It is now time for our children's story shop shop.